Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, all decked out in his Bears gear, and Ken Miller. As we talk sports with you over the next couple of hours, and appreciate you spending some of your morning here with us. The BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. One guest in the first hour. A guy that Trent and I, I'll speak for him in this case. We're going to miss him. He's Michael Swain. 24-7 Sports. CycloneAlert.com He is bidding Cyclone coverage adieu as he will head to his alma mater and cover Kansas but he's still on the Iowa State beat for the time being. But Michael Swain, who broke a lot of stories uh, when uh, his brief tenure uh, covering the Cyclones, will join us at 10.30 for one final time. At 11.05, Bama Bob, his uh, one only appearance this week. We'll look at back at the weekend, look ahead some of the minor bowls that will take place this week. Kind <laughs> of getting overshadowed by the NFL, whoops. Um, but uh, we'll talk to Bama Bob at 11.05, and then Scott Dockerman, whose mailbag was packed at the Athletic when it comes to Iowa Athletics. A lot of football conversation in there, as you would expect. Some basketball as well. But Doc will join us about 11.05. Good win for the Hawks. Uh, another win for the Clones yesterday. NFL was crazy. Um, how are you? I'm doing well. Fun time over in Council it Bluffs really on was. Friday. I'm glad I went. It was uh, great to see all the people from Circa out and about. Get to see Derek for the first time. Of course, he wasn't where I was when he was in Iowa Hung out with Mike Palm, swapped some stories. Todd Kirk was in attendance. Ted Flint, Chris Williams did the fanatics from there. Just a whole host of Simple. dignitaries. Yeah, talked to Sip for a while. Yeah. Uh, Justice, was he over there, yeah, Travis? Talked yeah, talked to Travis for a while. Had a, probably my longest conversation ever with Travis, which really? was a lot of fun. Yeah, good. Did a segment during the fanatics, and, and I was just rolling. Him and Ross going back and forth and busting a gut as, well, both Chris and Travis were flipping crap back at Ross. <laughs> it was a really, really Ganging fun up day. Them, were they? Yeah, and uh, the evening progressed, and it's getting late, and they're still there. The Circa crew is there flying out after the Creighton game. Watched the end of that one and finally said, you know what, I need to get on the road and get back home. So I uh, did that and, and not quite as fun a drive at night as it was coming <laughs> over in the morning, but got back home, got some good pizza for the drive home. Had a, That was my dinner for the night. Nice. And I had a couple of slices as I was making way back on I-80 and the weekend came. And, and what a weird Friday it was. As we're doing our show, mm-hmm. you're on your way back to Des Moines and... Everything's hitting the fan with the NFL, and just because I wasn't on, I wasn't on social media a whole lot, wasn't doing a, a lot of that as I was doing some other things. It just, whoa! All these games are being shifted and adjusted and changed, and here we are now. Not bad, right? Two games on Monday, two games on Tuesday for us. It's a little bonus situation. I guess if you uh, subscribe to the Sunday tickets, you will get the two games tomorrow. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. I believe you're SOL, right? Yes. I think that's the case. But uh, two games tonight, NFL Network for the early one. And, of course, Monday Night Football, which moves the needle here. The Bears hosting the Vikings. I got back to uh, Ankeny. had no idea all the news that I'd missed in the two hours and five minutes or whatever it was from the time I uh, left Council Bluffs because I don't listen to sports talk. I uh, listened to music all the way back, and they didn't um, didn't break it up at all with that. <laughs> no, on the seventies channel. 
or the rock station. Anyway, so a uh, fun weekend, a fun weekend of NFL uh, Saturday night. The Colts Patriots was great. Sunday night, I thought it was going to be a PU stinker. Are you kidding me? This is the best. All these good games you're going to give us Tampa Bay to route the Saints. <laughs> Whoops, uh, that wasn't the case. But I want to start with basketball, Trent, because Saturday night I thought Iowa, who really needed, it, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they needed a positive against a team that's got a pulse. We both believe that Utah State had a pulse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for a little while in the basketball game, it looked like, you know what, this is going to be a nip and tuck. But boy, oh boy, Iowa um, rebounded the basketball. Their guys showed up, Keegan Murray, Chris Murray, both showed up. Patrick McCaffrey, I thought, was really good in the game. I'd like to see, it was good to see Bohannon hitting some shots. Um, but the way they rebounded, they gave up two offensive rebounds. One of them came with like a minute left in the game. I think both of them were in the second half. I mean, I didn't see that coming. It wasn't just lip service. And it was a conversation piece, as you anticipate, after the Iowa State game where they're out toughed and mm-hmm. they were out physical yep. in that game and not by a team that has a Kofi Coburn on it. You know, right. Where you anticipate that mm-hmm. or, you know, Edie and company with Purdue, just a team that wanted him more. Yep. And I think the message Which was delivered. Iowa State's calling card. Very, cl- very clearly, it was delivered. Had to have been. You got to. You have to rebound. Yep. You have to go out there. You have to be aggressive towards the ball because this team doesn't have a Luka Garza. They don't have a great rebounder. There isn't an Aaron White that can just go up and clean things up mm-hmm. and kind of do it on your own, if you will. That's not the way this team is built. Rabracha is not that kind of guy. So we need everybody chipping in. He can't yep. be leaking out all the time, looking for the fast break. And Iowa loves to push the pace and do those things, but. We can't have three guys leaking out. Need a couple of you guys to stay back. They were really, really good. Now, it was also a matchup, I thought, that played pretty well for Iowa. Utah State, they're more of a finesse type of team. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you know, it doesn't really play into the weaknesses of this Iowa team. But shooting the ball the way that they did, the first half from Keegan oh. was incredible. And Chris Murray, who had shot it so well in the beginning of the season, he had not been shooting the ball well over the last couple of weeks. To see that, they're going to need him. Yes, if this is going to be an NCAA tournament uh-huh. team, if they're on the right side of the bubble come March, Chris Murray is going to be one of the guys that you're going to point to and say that's one of the reasons. He's a really talented guy. Yep. Maybe a year behind. Is that fair to say fair. kind of yep. where, where Keegan is? I mean, I hope he's a year behind because if there's another step, <laughs> right. we'd sign for that in a heartbeat. No doubt. Toussaint, the inconsistency continues, mm-hmm. but there's just those moments. And then Euless comes in there and he... Seems to calm things down yeah. and always seems to be making the right play. I like his game trend. I a really lot. do too. I don't know if same thing. I never thought Toussaint was a guy. Thirty minutes a game, you're the point guard. I just I never saw that from him, and I think that's playing out. What he's good, he can be really good, mm-hmm. but consistently every single night, it's his team. I don't think he's that, and I don't know if Aaron Eulis is that. But to have two guys that are competent at the very least, I think you're feeling really good about it. It was a nice win. Offense was clicking again. You got a couple of layups here, and now you look at what happens going forward for Iowa. Talked about the end of the season. Last two games are, they're not unwinnable, but you're probably putting them down to Dells. Yeah. At Michigan, at Illinois, Illinois even yep. even with those two teams that have had some struggles this year. Sunday night. Yeah, to finish it up. Right. And a great way to cap off the regular season in the Big Ten. But if you put that at 0-2. We two, hope. It's a great way. Yeah. You're 0-4 in conference. Yeah. So that means if you get in to 10-10, ten ten, you got to go 10-6. and six. And that means no more losses to mm-hmm. the Penn States of the world. Although Michigan's not living up to expectations. They're not. They're not. But, but still, you would think that right. by then they'd figure it out. Yeah, a road trip, you. those kind yep. of things. Yep. And after these two games, Southeastern Louisiana uh, tomorrow night and then next Wednesday against Western Illinois, who is better? They're 9-2 on the Are season. Are they really? Yeah, led their next 
playing some good basketball. But it's Maryland. Well, Turgeon left. Yep. Wisconsin, hmm. really inconsistent. Yep. It's in Wisconsin. And then after that, you have Indiana at Minnesota at Rutgers. So that stretch there. And then Penn State after that, which you put in the win category. But that group of four games when they come back, you probably got to be 3-1. and one. Yeah. You probably have mm-hmm. to be three and one. You'd much rather have that as opposed to what faces Iowa State coming out. Of, coming yes, into the new that, year, that first six, including is number one Baylor, a, an absolute slog. So Maryland at home at Wisconsin, home for Indiana at Minnesota. Uh-huh. You get to three very and important. one. I think we can realistically start mm-hmm. talking again about them being at the very least a bubble team. So they get uh, Southeast Louisiana, who per- perfect scheduling. Right, they, they names yesterday and uh, Iowa City tomorrow night. And then, do they have one more game? Do they have a game after Christmas? I think they do. That's right? the Western Illinois game. Okay, yep. yeah. a week from yeah, Wednesday, right. the twenty ninth, mm-hmm. before Big Ten plays, and they'll start with a Monday game. I love that awesome. Monday against Maryland at home. Awesome. Yeah, and there's Monday night football that night too. There's a big one. Is it Steelers Cleveland week seventeen? Steelers somebody. Let's see here. I think it's it's an A it's an AFC North. I'm you got it. Sure. Yep. Browns at Pittsburgh. Yeah, pretty good. Boy, the AFC North is wild. We'll get to that in a second. Iowa State, Southeast Louisiana. Love the, um, you know, ESPN Plus. It's growing on me. It yeah. really is. I wish we could find a way to, um, well, <laughs> to make it easier on the old folks. But just it's just going back and forth from your TV, which I haven't mastered. I haven't tried it yet. But, mm-hmm. um, but Southeast Louisiana, Trent, the the. Iowa State, it was an ugly first 20 minutes, let's be honest. But then Iowa State got it going in the second half in a big, big way. I love listening to Christofferson and Bloom. I really do. Good that, proof. That's a really good team. Mm-hmm. They're a good team. Christofferson, is, he was good the first time I heard him. I think he's, he's got a future in this if he wants to. Uh, we know Bloom does, and um, I'm guessing that he's not going to expand his branches outside of Ames. Why would you? You are the heir apparent, seemingly, yes. to the godfather. Um, but the game, as for the game itself, Brockington was Brockington. Kalsher hit a few shots. He's going to need to hit more. Condit was effective in the game from the minutes that I saw. I saw probably 30 of the 40. Uh, and Jazzy Coons, boy, I like his game. He is. Caleb Grill doing what he does, not consistently, but you see these periodically from him. There's something about Coons, just every time he gets that ball in the pocket, you know what's going in. Mm-hmm. He's just got that, that nice, fluid shot that it just feels like he's got a little bit of a crease. He's going to squeeze it off and he's yep. going to knock it down. Yep. And you, you got Grill and him coming off the bench. I mean, that's a ton of offense. Grill and can, I hope they stay like that too. I I wonder if TJ's tempted with Coons more so than Grill. Um, eh, we'll see. And Aruna, he is what he is, right? Yep. He is a defensive yep. guy. He's just not going to be a scorer. Nope. I don't think that's a realistic expectation for him. But take him mm-hmm. for what he is. And this Kalsher, is a defensive team. Kalsher is a great defender. Right. Doesn't Who shoot can it well. Shoot. No, he can't. No, I'm not just saying. Every you know, every couple of games, he'll make more shots than he did the night before. Okay. He's not a great shooter. He's You're not right. a great shooter. Yeah. That's that's the not freshman year was an anomaly. It was. Uh huh. And Brockington is just a stud. He is. He is so physical. He is so tough. And he, fearless. You want that dude on your sideline. It, same thing. Not a great shooter. It's his team, Trent. Yes, no doubt. Yeah. He's the guy. Though Caleb Grill was, I guess, the MVP of the game yesterday. Right. Yeah. But he hasn't done anything since Creighton. Right. But when he fills it up uh-huh. in a way, too, yeah. he is an excellent shooter. No so question. you got the pieces here. Again, this team, there's not a lot of depth. An injury comes. That That's the really scary part mm-hmm. about this is 
an injury happens for a lot of teams. Oh. Yeah, it's going to hurt, but it feels like it would just be so impactful here. Well, especially if it's one of those, the Big Ten transfers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know Kalshuk has his offense game is challenged, but defensively, he's a junkyard dog. So is Brockington. You can't afford to lose them. Hunter, he's going to. Oh, you uh, can't lose him. No, you Because there's really him. not a point guard. You, 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 there, there isn't. I mean, I like Jackson, but yeah. you want Hunter. And I like Jackson, what he's done so far this yeah, year. absolutely. He's, he's, uh, he's fitting in. Wasn't sure he would. Well, the, the news for Iowa State is they don't have a – Chicago State's on COVID pause. Right. And do they – I don't think they have another game before Baylor, do they? They do not, no. This Oof. is the final game. So I'm going to guess – so the game's scheduled for tomorrow. Right. Seeing what's happening here, Chicago State, of course, is supposed to play Drake. Mm-hmm. They're also one of those smart scheduling teams come right. over, but that's not happening is you have to assume basketball operations, they're calling everybody. I hope. There's cancellations. Mm-hmm. There's games out Get there. Get somebody in here. I saw, what, two Big East games have been forfeited Yeah, I don't for like today. that. I don't either. I don't like that. I think Find this a is, way to play them. I understand when this was put into effect. Right. Back in August, it was, all right, everybody's back. It was an incentive for everybody to do their part. But now we're seeing a variant. It's, it breaks through. Yes. Right. And because of that... I don't think you can go this you route. If you're totally the Big agree. East, do you have to come out with yes. that today? Yes. And say these two games that mm-hmm. were scheduled to be played today and are right now on the books as forfeits. Doing about face. Nobody's going to criticize you for doing that. Uh, you're, somebody you're will. Do, but, well, of course. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? But they're doing the right thing if that's the case. Yeah. Forfeit at the time, I get it. Look, if you're not getting, if your team's not going to get vaccinated you're gonna, and you have a COVID shutdown, you're going to forfeit. But these things are breaking through. The other part, though, that is probably the disappointing aspect of this. I, I heard uh, Gary Parrish and Matt Norlander talking about this from CBS Sports, and they said that there's already whispers, though, teams that probably don't have to take a pause are taking a pause when they see a game that they don't feel very good about. Really? Isn't that just... I, you hear that? You hear that from a couple of respected national guys. Well, that's guys. just it. This isn't, a, this isn't a guys on message boards. Right. These guys have a little skin in the game. That's... You know, disappointing to it hear. Is. Come on. You heard that on a podcast? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I think that was actually on my way home. That was uh, <laughs> on the drive home from Council Bluffs is when I, when I heard that Friday night and they were talking about, there's been whispers at the very least hmm. that some of these pauses maybe don't exactly have to be pauses. Now, they wouldn't have a full complement of players and that's for it, but they could play. They said, eh, we're not going to play with only seven guys. Something Kind like of that. feels like Michigan last year in football oh, a little bit. That was bit. ugly, wasn't it? Yeah, it was disappointing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's be honest. Uh, NFL, well, you know, since we're talking Iowa State, Brees Hall made it official yep. uh, that he's uh, foregoing uh, the remainder of his college career. Won't play in the bowl game. He will prepare for a huge job interview for Brees Hall. Mm-hmm. And that's going to take place in Indianapolis. And then the uh, lead up, I'm sure Iowa State will have a pro day. They always do. And then uh, let the chips fall where they may. Potential for late first round, I still think it's there. I don't think he's, you know, if there's a team that needs a running back, that 26, 27, 28, late in the first round pick or a second day pick. He's not, he is a second or third round pick. I would bet my life on that. Um, Maybe with the chance of a first round, but he's had a hell of a career. Unbelievable. And whoever gets him, uh, you're going to be happy. You really are because he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He is good on pass pro. When we see what he does when he uh, when Purdy gives him the ball, mm-hmm. he is a gifted, gifted running back. But Iowa State, you this has been a um, a pretty good stretch at the running back position. David <sighs> Montgomery to Brees Hall. That's a pretty good uh, a period of time here that you were spoiled by those two. So good for you, Brees Hall. You did the right thing. I'm kind of um, 
encouraged to see that there wasn't a lot of blowback mm-hmm. from some you know fans that um, selfishly want to see Brees Hall in the bowl game that don't understand the decision. Don't didn't see very much of that, if at all. And if you do have one of those and saw it after Tyler Goodson, let the guy have his time. Don't don't do it underneath his tweet. You know, don't respond right. to the tweet and say yeah, it yeah. and say, "Oh, what what are you doing?" All right, if you want to make the tweet, you want to make your voice known. Okay, do it, mm-hmm. but just don't do it under. This is the guy's moment. Right. This, is the, this is something they dreamed about it, and you're going to take that moment. And who knows that these guys are reading every comment that goes through there? But if they are, just do it separately. Mm-hmm. You know, just do it at a different mm-hmm. spot. It just it's not the time or place for it to throw out your two cents that you think this guy's making a bad decision for whatever reason. You you bleed cardinal and gold. You bleed black and gold. Whatever it is. No, no, no. Just let the guy have right. their time. Now, guy, I think is making a mistake is Kenny Pickett. You do. He's going against that Michigan State pass I defense. He threw for 600 yards point. against him. Yeah. Hey, you, you're talking about a guy that, what, light, I saw a mock draft from McShay. He was like 14. Mm-hmm. You go out there in a big-time bowl game, mm-hmm. and you throw for 450 yards and four touchdowns, you don't think that's going to be it is. a wow moment that's going to get you even more? Mm-hmm. I know the tape is already there, and there's not any tape that probably is going to improve, but just that kind of performance, I think – would impact, and especially a quarterback, not a running back, where at a drop of a hat, you can go down. And, of course, it's any position in football. But it just felt like in that spot, if there's a guy to criticize, that would be the one that I point at and say, are you sure? Yeah, are you sure this is the time? a on a helmet and a follow-through for a... Uh, sure, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I get your point. I get your point. Uh, but he's probably... I don't know. Is he the first quarterback off the board? Was he on McShay's draft? Was yeah, he the he first was, quarterback yeah. off the board? Well, if you need a quarterback this year, this is, oh, who knows? You never know. Mm-hmm. What, I mean, Tom Brady was a six-round pick. Uh, we reminded everybody. By the way, I just saw this. Remind me. To, did you watch any of the uh, of the golf yesterday? No. just This uh, Charlie yeah. Woods story. Yes. Holy mackerel. What an incredible day this kid. I mean, can you imagine being his age on that stage playing with, the, I mean, for my money, the greatest golfer uh, that's ever put a tee in the ground in, in pops and ha- not flinching. Not at all. He, I mean, Trent, it was just one remarkable shot after another. Some of the shot-making skills. Oh, my God. I'd love to be able to buy stock on Charlie Woods' career, wouldn't you? He's got the confidence. Oh. He's got the swagger. Right. He's got a pretty good teacher. Yeah, not too bad. And bloodlines work pretty well, too. Mm-hmm. Huh? And then there's John Daly, who looks like Santa Claus, <laughs> yes. literally, with the beard and the belly. Um, and, and and his son. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. That was... I watched way more of it on a NFL Sunday than I thought that I would because of the Woods. You can't turn away from a Tiger Woods story. I can't. What did you think of Tiger? I mean, playing. What, what did they say during the broadcast? Because, again, I didn't see any of you it. You know what, Trent? Um, there were a couple of un-Tiger shots where you just know he's going to knock it stiff. Mm-hmm. He has to come away with that encouraged that maybe there's still a little golf left in his future. And the television networks are certainly rejoicing here today because it looks like there is. Because physically, he held up. He did. He limps. Yes. I mean, he walks with a limp. But you know what? If we get Tiger Woods in the majors or, you know, half a dozen times out of the Mm -hmm. year, CBS, NBC, they would sign for that in a heartbeat. You just want to play the Masters and a couple others? Cherry pick. Yes. I was about to say no, he's going to criticize. Right. Of course we will. We have Twitter. Six, eight events a year. Yeah. Play around the majors. And if there's a major where 
physically. A U.S. Open that is super hilly, just doesn't play to the Mm -hmm. game anymore, and he says, I'm not going to play it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there'll be criticism Mm because that's what it is, but we're going to understand it. Right. And he's maybe the biggest takeaway I would think that he would uh, leave yesterday with is he's not going to embarrass himself. Yeah. You know, when you're at that level, you don't want – at least I wouldn't think he would want to be – embarrassed by trying to stick around and just you know people mm-hmm. the last impression you want i wouldn't th- i would think is not to be you know shooting the 80s david duval right right yeah. something something like that um i remember arnold boy, palmer from grace yikes palmer late in his career mm-hmm. it was 1994 he played in his last u.s open yeah and it was also the day of oj i mean it was just a, a monster sports day there was a 30 for 30 made just about that day in sports yeah. and i was in the bush away from all communication fishing in, in northern manitoba i remember you saying I, that. I, I Scott, i walked out of the bush and learned that oj simpson mur- murdered two people arnold palmer and ryan sandbrook retired pretty big day yeah <laughs> pretty big day and but him at the end it was rough it was rough mm-hmm. and my grandpa was a huge arnie fan so that became me becoming an arnie fan yeah. and, and just watching him there at the end i don't see tiger doing that I hope not. Ceremonial first tee when he's getting up there and he's, you know. Yeah. He's at the point where. I think he respects the Masters enough he will do yes, that. Right. He's not going to be out there like Larry Mize shooting back-to-back 88s. Right. right. Yeah. Those get rough, too. Don't sour. see that for Tiger. Yeah. Right. It's just there for the party. I mean, oh, of course. You, know. you can still go to the Champions Dinner, though, right? right? Yeah, absolutely. You don't have to play. Can. Absolutely. Play on can. Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, your takeaway from the NFL yesterday was what? Nuts. It was crazy. Just another one How did, how did one the of Cardinals days? do what they did when they had everything? I mean, everything's there for them. What is... Are we just left thinking Kyler Murray? We've seen it now back-to-back years. Yeah, Get off to a great to think, start. Starting to think. There's something to the five foot nine quarterback that mm-hmm. takes a lot of hits mm-hmm. and a lot of punishments, and he just can't hold up. Mm-hmm. I think it's at least Bears watching right now. And how about the 49ers? Told you two weeks ago. You did. You could have got them at 75-1 to one to win the division. That's- what? 75 to 1. Not to win the Super Bowl, to win the division? Three weeks ago. You're, before the game. Tell were me played. you did. I didn't. Yeah. I looked at it. And I looked at it hard. Yeah. And I'm, well, all right, they're three games back here. Nah, even if they win out, they're not going to win out. And I just talked myself out of it. Yeah, 75 to 1. Bad. I throw 10 bucks on it. What a stupid I am. To win the division. To win the division. Cardinals are coming back to the pack. Mm-hmm. Rams look tough. They do. Rams, and they play tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yes. I was kind of surprised because it's 5 o'clock Pacific that game tomorrow. They're mm-hmm. both seven. Uh, they're both 6 o'clock. No, is it, it's 6 o'clock, so it would be 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock Pacific, yeah. Want to get those games in, I guess. I guess. Make it as quick as possible, and yeah. it'll be a short week. Seattle has the Bears next week. What a wild time. Oh, it was, it was, it was really good. Uh, no, no doubt about that. Um, and then again, so Vikings and the Bears tonight. Mr. Monday Night's got an appearance. I'm sure we'll hear from him. He's got a couple of games to opine on. That will be at the end of the show. Looking forward to catching up with uh, Michael Swain here in a few minutes. Bama Bob and Scott Dockerman, and that is the BMW of Des Moines guest list as we take you until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Real quick before we run out of segment, Jeff would like to opine. Jeff, what's on your mind? Hey, guys, I just caught this tweet. Uh, Tyler Lindenbaum, if I said his last name right, donated all his NIR money to the Children's Hospital. $30,000. $30,000. Yep. There's a lot of good things 
going with this money. You know, there's some people get off my lawn kind of guys. Yep. When you hear stories like that, it's great. You know, so I'm sitting there Sunday watching the golf like you guys were talking about, and you guys didn't mention this, but the nuances of Charlie and Tiger, the swagger, crazy. wearing the red polo, you know, Charlie yeah. knocking stiff on like 16 to 5 feet with the twirl. The twirl, club. right. Um, you know, talking trash to Justin Thomas on, <laughs> on Saturday, you know, how many putts he's going to make. I mean, you know, to really think, and you touched on this, you know, on Sunday, you know, I'm not watching football. I'm watching mm-hmm. father and son golf. Right. I would love to see the ratings on that and see how they kind of matched up um, because it's, it's unbelievable where Tiger, with that documentary and the comeback, you guys, again, touched on this as well. If he's in the hunt, let's say two, three years, four years down the road at the Masters, those ratings and the comeback story is going to be there's going to be another documentary. It's going to be unbelievable. It is. And Jeff, thanks for the call. And here's one thing to to uh, further to that point. Tiger's got a target. Now, mm-hmm. Tiger's got a goal. Phil Mickelson got a major at 50. You're right. Right? Yep. You know, you know the Tiger uh, once would love to duplicate that. Anyways, good stuff. And, and Jeff, to your point, can't wait. Want to see the ratings come out? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think it did? I mean, it's king football. So let's not kid ourselves thinking that there's the golf is going to beat it. Let's say but last year it got I don't know what it you got. You know what, Trent? I would love to know that. A That's one and a half share. Let's yes. say it got last year. Yes. Does it get a three? Oh, it 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 dwarfs last year's. Triple it? Four and a half? Yeah, I would say. I mean, anything is a win. Mm-hmm. Um but I know that there were people like Jeff, like me, that would the last thing we're gonna do is give up an NFL Sunday, right? right. And I'm watching NBC for a father-son tournament in December? Yeah, please. You're not doing that. Of course you are. It's Tiger Woods. We'll take our break. Michael Swain, he's leaving uh, 24-7 sports, at least the Cyclone alert portion of He's going to cover Kansas. He has been great uh, at what he does and certainly what he's done for us. Going to leave a big void here on Miller and Condon. Michael Swain next. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.1800 bets off. Now back to Miller and Condon. On 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM, here's Ken and Trent. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial is Trent Condon and Ken Miller. We are with you until noon. Lone guest in this hour of the program is our friend Michael Swain, 24-7 sports, cycloneallert.com at least for now. He is pulling up stakes, heading uh, back to cover his alma mater, Kansas the Jayhawks. Michael Swain joins the program. Michael, Trent and Ken, congratulations first of all. Selfishly, we're going to miss the heck out of you, but uh, good for you, Michael Swain. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you guys a lot the kind words i do appreciate it and i will miss it too for i will make that very clear i will definitely miss uh my time in iowa i've had a a lot of fun yeah michael you've done a terrific job Uh, you've broken a lot of stories you've got great connections uh you're not afraid to um it's different at 24 7 right you can be a little bit critical you can't do it that at all of the cyclone sites let's be honest um 
but obviously, I mean, developing connections, the, the seemingly um, short period of time that it took for you to do that, because you've had some great stuff. In fact, as I've said before, I've talked to more people through the Matt Campbell stuff, through the transfer stuff, through the who's sticking around stuff that, uh, that tell me that you are way ahead of the curve on all of these things. Uh, relationships that you have built um, for whoever follows you, or did you get those connections handed to you? How did that come about? Yeah, I I definitely didn't get them handed to me. Um, I do remember starting off and how much of a challenge it was, I think, in the first few months, especially with COVID, not having things in person. Um, I think the big thing is just like calling and having a good sense of not trying to get people. Um, I think that's a big thing is just mm-hmm. have a good purpose. Uh, and I think people are willing to talk. And I think people and I were very helpful and friendly and willing to help out as well, even if you know, I wasn't looking in the right direction. People are more than willing to reach out and say, hey, check out here, check out there. So I think it's equally a testament to the people of Iowa and being willing to help out someone that is an outsider um, as much as it is, I think, me being a little bit dogged with some of the calling people and texting and things like that. It's a, a tough job, the recruiting side of it that you go through. And though you're a younger guy cultivating those kind of relationships. So for somebody in your realm, and I'm sure there's people listening right now, some young people that are interested in getting into the business, the recruiting side of that, how does that get started 24-7? I know you guys have a great database. I've talked to some people in the past and just how you get that information, how you cultivate those relationships, and then talking to 16, 17-year-old guys and getting their information from them. Just uh, the the whole run-through as it's worked for you with the Cyclones and, and getting all that info. Yeah, definitely. I, I think it kind of maybe falls in line with some of the other sourcing stuff where you just got to be willing to reach out to guys. You know, I think sometimes people are, don't want to bother the, the 16, 17, 18-year-olds when they really do enjoy the attention and talking and talking through even their decisions sometimes where you can ask and say, hey, like, who are you kind of looking at? And they'll be willing to tell you. And so I think a part of it is just being willing to maybe put yourself out there. Don't be afraid to be left on red. That has happened more times than I can count where you reach out and just don't hear back. And that's cool. Not everyone's into talking about it. Not everyone's into sharing everything. And that's totally okay. But I think more often than not, people enjoy kind of the attention of you only get one recruitment and you're not guaranteed to have any sort of NFL pursuit once you get to college. So I think a lot of them enjoy that aspect of it. And I think it's just being willing to reach out to as many people as possible and figuring out kind of who are the people that Iowa State really likes and who are the people that, you know, Matt Campbell, John Haycock, Tom Manning, who are those guys kind of talking to and reaching out to? And then once you figure that out, then you kind of get the ball rolling. And then it just goes from there with figuring out visits and when guys are going to commit. And then it's just about building kind of the relationship, just like the coaches do with the players and with the recruits. It's kind of that similar level of kind of just building trust that, hey, you can tell me stuff and not everything's going to get put out there, right? You got to have a little bit of a filter there sometimes. But I think just coming in with the, Good intentions is really a big thing. Uh, obviously, uh, we Trent and our uh, my audience uh, found out that um, w- from you first of all that Will McDonald's thinking of sticking around. Then Xavier Hutchinson, you put that out last week that he was thinking of sticking around. Uh, do you have a little nugget that you're going to leave us with that will come to fruition that will make the Cyclone fan base happy? Or is any Zach Peterson? Are you hearing anything on him? Oh, I, I wish Zach Peterson. That's my big one that I would love to see come back. But I wouldn't be surprised if one of the linebackers came back. Um, I think that would be really big if they could get one of them to come back and help out. Obviously, they got Colby Reader, that, the Delaware transfer, and you got Gary Vaughn there as well. So I think if you get one of the linebackers to come back, that would be really big to kind of help sure up that, that position. Is that a Ryan Vance? Oh, maybe. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think we're doing good. I think so, too. That'd be good. Connecting some dots. So you're making your way down to Kansas. How quickly is the new move happening? And with it, what are you going to miss most about Des Moines? You haven't lived here a long time. Of course, when things started up, it was all Zoom, so didn't need to have to be uh, in the Metro for to make it happen. What are you going to miss most about Des Moines? Yeah, I think for me, where I lived was a little bit near downtown, so I enjoyed doing the farmer's market stuff on the weekend. I'm kind of that type of person that enjoys that side of things. So I think hanging out around downtown was super cool. I think Des Moines is underrated as a city. As someone that's kind of traveled around the Midwest, being from California, obviously, to start off, like, I really enjoyed Des Moines. I think that downtown Des Moines is definitely underrated in terms of stuff to do, restaurants, things to see, you know. I really did like that. As for the move, probably going to happen here before the end of the year. Things I've had some time to plan, thankfully, but things have definitely moved quick. So you will get down there in time for the start of conference play, you think, as far as the Jayhawks covering them? Yeah, yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan is once kind of conference play starts up and being in Allen Fieldhouse again in person and all the in-person interviews and yeah. getting on the road again. So it does seem like that's kind of the timetable right now. Uh, what comes with covering cover, call, uh, Kansas basketball is Kansas football, too, which, is <laughs> gonna be the, which kind of sounds like a punishment. But, look, I think they've got the right guy there. Um, I, I really do. I think Leipold is... Look, it's a tough job. We know that it can be done. We also know that because we've seen that with uh, with uh, what Mangino had uh, going on there. So it can happen. What do you think it's going to take for Kansas football to, you know, to sneak up on some teams? Um, I mean, maybe not to get to the level of Iowa State because it wasn't too many years ago that Iowa State was where Kansas resided in the bottom of the Big Twelve football wise. What do you think it's going to take for Kansas um, to turn things around? I think the exact blueprint that Iowa State used. Yeah. I think back to that Kansas week when Matt Campbell was talking about Lance Leipold and how they had similar connections in terms of being D3 guys with, you know, obviously Matt Campbell went to Mount Union and Lance Leipold coached at Wisconsin Whitewater. And then you look at what Chase Allen said, too, about Kansas, and he compared the way that they were playing to the way that Iowa State played in Campbell's first year. Where Yeah, they're not winning a lot of games, but there's buy-in there. And so I think it's kind of the similar track that Iowa State took where it's not going to take one year, one recruiting class, one transfer class overnight, but you got to build the right culture, get the right people in, and then maybe you hit on a special player like Brees Hall or maybe a special player like Brock Purdy at a crucial position like quarterback or running back. And then all of a sudden, you're kind of off and running and being able to compete. And just like Iowa State's shown, like in some of those years where you play in these one-score games, sometimes you can plot a win or two. And then once you play in those, you get the experience, and then you're able to kind of pull it out more often than not like we saw during that 2020 season. So I think it's just following the, the Iowa State blueprint. Now I think a lot of people in college football are trying that nowadays. So the question is, can they kind of get it done, which remains to be seen. Over to some Cyclone basketball, you'll be doing uh, seeing them, I'm sure in Lawrence when they make their way down there, but the Cyclo teams eleven and zero. It's a huge shocker, I think, to anybody involved. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, another rough first half, not great offensively, but turned it on in the second half. How high is the upside with this Iowa State team? We know they're good now. The conference is going to be difficult as it always is in the Big Twelve. Just how good? I know they're ranked in the top ten, but how good do you think ultimately this Iowa State team is going to be? Man, they they certainly seem like they could be one of these NCAA tournament at-large bid sort of teams just based on the track record that they have right now where you're really looking at they need a a few wins in conference play, I think like seven or eight to be able to get up to 20 wins for this season, which would be a huge positive. And then if you look at the Big 12, right, you know, Baylor, Texas, Kansas are kind of the top of the conference. But outside of that, Oklahoma's beatable, Oklahoma State, TCU, Kansas State, Texas Tech, 
Like, there's reason to believe that Iowa State could be a top half of the Big 12 team, which the Big 12 is going to be the best conference in college basketball again this mm-hmm. year. So if you're a top half team in the Big 12, you're definitely in the tournament. It's just a question of kind of what seed. And in terms of them on you know, those individual games, they have a top 10 defense right now. At least if you look at, like, Ken Palm. So I think the question will be is offensively, can they get enough night to night? Can Gabe Kalsher pick it up offensively? Can guys like Tyrese Hunter do it night to night? Because you've obviously seen that Caleb Grill and Al Jazz Coons can catch fire really any night and get you to a win, but it's more a question of the consistency of the outside scoring for some of those other guys that I think will really help Iowa State win a lot of those games. How's the Big 12 going to shake out? Is it a legitimate three-team race with Baylor uh, and, and and Texas and Kansas are, are we are we missing anybody? Should we put a, another to Texas Tech maybe, or is it the the three heavy heads at the top of the conference will settle it amongst themselves? Yeah, I think it's the three at the top, and then I think there's a little bit of a, a cluster maybe there in the middle with you know like Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. Um, I think Kansas State and TCU are probably in their own tier towards the bottom of the conference. But even I mean, you look at Texas like they have all the talent and they have an incredible coach and Chris Beer, and they still have. You know, the loss to Seton Hall, obviously they got smacked by Gonzaga. So I think that in general, you look at the top three teams that they each have flaws, right? Like Kansas is not perfect. They almost lost to Stephen F. Austin over the weekend. And then Baylor's already has a loss as well. So I think it's a three-team race at top. But I think below that, it's really interesting to see how that will kind of shake out with Iowa State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech. Texas Tech, a fun one, and the Iowa State schedule. I'm sure you've looked at this, Michael. It is so difficult for them coming out, including getting the Red Riders uh, twice in the first six games. Baylor to open things up. We know how good the Bears are. Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Kansas back-to-back on the road before they come home for Texas, and then back to Texas Tech after that. You get through that stretch even 2-4, and four, and you hate to say that for an undefeated team. I think you're talking about at the minimum, this is an NCAA tournament team. 100%. And I think that that kind of month almost the first month of conference play in january really tells a lot about iowa state because you mentioned it right you got the big road test where you got to go on the road back to back a saturday and then a tuesday with the tuesday being at kansas that's tough then you come home on a saturday against texas but then you do have a little three-game stretch there where it's texas tech tcu oklahoma state and then you get missouri in the sec uh big 12 showdown so i think that the month of january will really tell us a lot about where Iowa State is trending, where I think sometimes in other years you could say that, you know, February is a big month for some of these teams. But I think we'll learn a lot about kind of what Iowa State's ceiling is when we get to play some of those high-end teams. Because, you know, as much as it, you can kind of point to, you know, Iowa State being Xavier, Memphis, Creighton, and Iowa, you know, each of those teams kind of has their own issues that they're working through right now. But if you get a win over a Baylor or a Kansas or a Texas, like that will really show that Mm -hmm. Iowa State's here to kind of be in the mix towards the top of the conference. And even if they don't, they can still have a lot of success this season, just given how strong the Big 12 is. Uh, Chicago State seems like it's in peril tomorrow, right, that game. And then if that game is canceled, uh, they're not scheduled to play until New Year's Day. Uh, What are you hearing about the Chicago State game? And I'm assuming, as Trent and I talked about at the beginning of the show, uh, that they're doing everything they can to schedule somebody between now and then. But then there's, I'm sure that the kids saw their schedule and made arrangements to go home over Christmas for a few days. What's the likelihood that Iowa State has a game before Baylor if indeed this game is shelved tomorrow? Yeah, I think it's going to be a challenge. I think Micah Byers, who does a lot of the scheduling for Iowa State, definitely has a, his work cut out for him, I think, over the next kind of 48 hours. Um, I don't. I lean towards saying the Chicago State game won't happen, just all things considered with the COVID cases that they're yeah. dealing with. But 
it's just a question of finding another team. Like you would look at Drake usually, but I think they play Wednesday. And so you, it's tough to find, you know, I haven't looked at you and I schedule. Maybe they're around. They're on a plane headed I, to Hawaii. I they think are. Yep. Oh, yeah. Lucky them. Yeah. Um, I, I'm very envious, uh, but I think it would be a challenge. But I really think that I was just going to try really hard to get another game in just because I don't think you want to go, you know, December 19th to January 1st without playing a game. And granted that, you know, the game against Southeastern Louisiana wasn't necessarily perfect. So I think they're really going to try and get another game this week. I don't necessarily know if that's going to happen, though. Looking back on your time, Michael, here covering Iowa State, who was your favorite coach to talk to and who was – your favorite brethren, media member in the Iowa State community. <laughs> no, don't. I'm, I'm putting it on. Oh, uh, all right. Uh, and who did you hate favorite... the most? <laughs> I, I love that one. Off. Yeah, just kidding. You. Oh, I don't know if I could do who I hate. Yeah, the most. no, I don't uh, want but you I think to. Yeah. The, the best coach to talk to. I always enjoyed talking to John Haycock. We yeah. got him every week, and yeah. I thought that you know week to week, I thought he had a lot of interesting things to say about not only Iowa State defense, but I think just college football in general and where things are going at the transfer portal, coaches getting fired mid-season. I think that he being kind of a, a wise sage here in terms of college football coaches, really fascinating to talk to. Um, in terms of media, I mean, I could go on a, a long list. I think Rob Gray and I have a really good relationship uh, that we really developed here over the last kind of year. Um, talk about stories. I think we both take a very creative approach to writing. But, I mean, a huge credit and thank you to guys like Jared Stansberry, you know, Travis, Randy, you know, Ben Visser, even the student newspaper guys just welcomed me in and being willing to talk and help me out through a lot of the early stages of me being uh, on the Iowa State beat. Well, we are certainly grateful for what you did for us. It's um, I can't remember the first oh, I do remember the first time we had you on, not when it happened, because I said, Trent, this kid's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we made that a regular habit. So thank you for what you did for, uh, for Trent and I and for our radio program. And uh, have they found your replacement yet, Michael? Who's going to follow your footsteps at Cyclone Alert? They do. I've been working with him and make sure he's up to speed. He will know everything that I know. Um, but I can't necessarily give a name, yeah. but he Midwest ties all the good stuff, um, but he will have a really good base to build off of. Well, when when it becomes official, uh, if you would uh, text me his contact information because um, we'd love him to take your spot. Michael, thanks for what you do 100%. for us. Congratulations on, on your move. We will miss you here. You did a nice job, Michael. Thank you. Oh, thank you guys a lot. I really do appreciate you guys having me on the show all these times. It really does go a long way, and I will definitely – definitely miss my time in Iowa. Take care, bud. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Thank you. Michael Swain, 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com. Good kid. Good mm-hmm. future. Yes. Uh, as you said last week when it became official, not sure that Kansas is his final stop. Because it does all. look his... Uh, um, Bright future. He does. He really does. I'd buy stock in him, too, if there was such a thing. Him and Charlie Woods. <laughs> I think Charlie's would be worth a little bit more, to be <laughs> right, honest, right. but... Uh, anyways, we'll come back, finish up our number one, Miller and Condon with you, Bama Bob, and then Scott Dockerman in our number two. I want to get into that Linderbaum story with Doc a little bit. When yeah. I saw that news break yesterday, I mean, why, oh my, what a, what an incredible gesture. Look, he's going to make millions at the end of, at the yeah. NFL level, but just for that, to, for him to do that, a college kid, to take that money that he earned and to write the hospital a check, good on you. Got some good people in this state, don't we? We really do, and I'm glad that his parents were part of the photo as well because obviously they raised him well. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.100 bets off. Hi, Miller and Condon. Final couple of minutes here. Hour number one is Des Moines Sports Station. 
106.3 KXNO. Uh, Bears, Vikings. Mm-hmm. Big game in the household. Yeah, it is. That's right. Your wife, um, <laughs> boy, Paul Allen. That was funny the other day. Yeah, that was a good line. Uh, Paul Allen. That one got back to the wife. Did it get uh, back to her? Uh-huh. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> well, I think that your, her team will be on top. Oh, yeah. I, I can't see. I can't see a way for the Bears to win it, but it's the NFL. Mm-hmm. So everything that you see, oh, everything that you Did you like know, the Lions yesterday? <laughs> I liked them plus the points. You did? Didn't like them to win that one outright. <sighs> and I was surprised uh, how few people got knocked out of Survivor. There was, there was, what, 23 heading in? Yes. And five had the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. So I think there are we down to, what are we down to, six, eight, 17 or 18? Yep. What a great contest. Yes. Oh, my Fingers gosh. Fingers crossed we can get it here I, in our state. Uh, we're going to push like crazy for yes. sign-ups here between, uh, prior to the football season. Because what we're referring to is a Circa Survivor contest where there was, what, 4,000 and mm-hmm. change that entered. And um, there's, we're down to 17 people left. It's not going to be a $6 million prize here in Iowa. No, but no, But this no, is, no. we're talking about an Iowa-only contest right. where you have to be Iowan. You have to make your you bets know. inside of Iowa. How awesome that would be with the people at Circa. And we'll keep pushing, and mm-hmm. you keep downloading that app as you've continued to do. Uh, i got a little nugget for you here also. So there's 17 sportsbook operators in, in the, the state, state of Iowa. Yep. Month in. Their first full month was November. Right. They're up to 10th already. Are they? Good. Derek said he would have been happy if they were up to 15th on their first full month. Derek Stevens, the owner of Circa, yeah. They're up to 10th. Good. So keep keep plugging away, Circa Sports. It's a great, great company. Great people. It's for all intents and purposes, a mom and pop operation. That's what I love about it, Trent. Yeah. You'll never sit down and have a beer with the owner of DraftKings or right. FanDuel. And I'm not knocking. Those are great properties. Mm-hmm. Trent and I speak on behalf of DraftKings. Yes. DraftKings was my first app on my phone. It was. Literally. Yes. Well, no, Uber. And, and then DraftKings. It was second. It was second. And they, you've had a smartphone for a long time. Yes, I have. But they're, they're, they're great. But the fact that these guys are just like me and you, mm-hmm. right? Well, they're rich, so we're not exactly. <laughs> but they didn't there. start that way, mm-hmm. right? That's that's the beauty of them. Uh, so, uh, but they are willing to continue, go forward if they indeed get the magic number of signups, right? Yes. Good. So, uh, speaking of that game tonight, I think I'm laying the points with the Vikings. Mr. Monday Night will make an appearance, but mm-hmm. we have two here. How do you do anything with the Browns Raiders game? Do you? Well, it's Nick Mullins. It is, it is now official. Mullins. It is yes. Nick Mullins. Okay. Yep. So at least you know that. Mm-hmm. Who wasn't bad? Trent. And, and you know when he was at his best? Early in his Niners career, he was in it at his best. Right. So I don't know if they got tape on him and then they figured him out or he's just, you know, maybe he's better. Well, Tyler Huntley, Vikings fans are already Trent. hoping. They're, they're knocking down the door. What do we have to give to Huntley if saw that Vikings all over my Vikings fans, get in line. Oh, you Broncos fans. Hell yeah. Boy, Teddy Bridgewater, he hit the ground. He was out. That was scary. That was scary. Apparently, he's doing okay. Released from the hospital this yep. morning. Hour two coming up next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.